baseball was never the fun thing that I did, in my opinion, which I think is kind of telling of, of why I didn't end up choosing that path. It was always like, I was the guy who was like beatboxing in the outfield. That was always something that I was, I was doing all the time and I would always kind of do like impressions of other singers and stuff like that amongst that team so it was always i would i mean i would just say it was always kind of music that i would that i would end up doing i started producing in high school and then i had you know you don't even want to know the hilarious like rap mixtapes i have of some baseball players who like will kill me if i would ever release those you know <laughs> and so it was always fun and it was always something different we're gonna go out on the field. We're gonna score as many goals as we can. We're gonna have fun. Oh, Becky, oh, well placed! and the athlete. Thousands of high school themed movies and TV shows out there tell us these are two very different characters. One brutish and extroverted, the other sensitive and quietly contemplative. Riverdale, Mean Girls, The Breakfast Club. To take on the label of one of these so often implies you reject or maybe are even unable to harbor the traits of the other. They can't meaningfully exist together because that would just go against the laws of nature. Take High School Musical, iconic film. Throughout the movie, basketball star Troy Bolton is in this dramatic tug of war between the sport he's played his whole life and his emerging love for singing. Pretty sure uh, my pod would get kicked off iTunes if I sampled this song here, but there's a tune in the movie, Get Your Head in the Game. Definitely should have won a Grammy. Um, it's all about this tension. Troy's supposed to be focusing on his outside J, but he's thinking about hitting the right note. All right, you get it. We like categories. Things are easier to understand this way. Weirdly in the same vein, though, we kind of romanticize the notion of a renaissance student who can submit that perfect college application with all the boxes ticked. In practice, for so many striving for this idea, it feels unrealistic considering the actual demands of modern high school. So what you end up with is, you know, people like me who just tack on one or the other. In my case, music. Um, I did. I did. I air quotes did music and sports in high school, um, but I will be the first to admit that I really did not enjoy most of my experience in percussion ensemble. It was absolutely one of the least prioritized activities in my life, but I did write about music in both of my essays to get into college as a recruited student athlete. So yeah, it just wasn't super authentic. Enough. On to our actual musician. In this episode, we meet Daniel Davila, former high school baseball player current professional singer and musician. Daniel's story is not some incredible reimagining of the artist and or athlete narrative. The two seemingly disparate identities do not magically coalesce. As you'll hear, in one moment, Daniel will share his sometimes negative perspective on sport, but in the next, he admits he cried when he retired. Art and athletics did not come into Daniel's life in the same way, nor did they exist with equal intensity. However, there's something significant about how he found a point of harmony with both music and sport, 
when he walked away from one and fully embraced the other. His story starts like that of most athletes. Daniel began playing sports very young. He dabbled in a few. I, I tried out for the basketball team. My mom was like, look, dude, you're a 5'8 Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> like, this isn't, you're not going to grow anymore. You just grew faster and earlier than everyone else. It wasn't long before baseball became the sport. By the time he entered high school at Los Angeles's Harvard-Westlake, the culture around playing baseball was intense and all-consuming, for better and for worse. As far as the baseball culture went, I think I can only really speak for how it was for me growing up within like these intense programs. I think especially when you're in California, I'm sure this is like a lot of sports where like when you have the liberty to play uh, the entire year. So you have this sport that you get to play every single day um, and there aren't really excuses when it comes down to showing up and, and just and just doing it. And whenever you have a break, there's a, there's always a summer league and there's always like, you know, something. And uh, and I think that you also I was, you know, you kind of are um, it, not necessarily forced, but um, encouraged to specialize really early. Yeah. You know, it was like, you know, being 16 and waking up at, at 4 a.m. For, for, for lifting at school because we had practice and games at that. I mean, that's a pretty gnarly schedule for, for someone who's still like, you know, in school and, 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 and playing and doing all that stuff. So there's a, there's a big sense of camaraderie. You've been playing with those guys since you were probably like, eh, like 12. And yeah, it was, it was just, we also, you know, we all went to a, a difficult school. So you're grinding that as well. He did enjoy baseball. It provided him with so much, but there was also a sense that maybe his love for the sport did not course through him in the same way it did for the others he was surrounded by. The only difference between me, I think, and a lot of other other, um, baseball players was that when, which I think kind of showed early how much I really loved baseball or, or the lack thereof, was that when we were done with practice, like people would go and talk about their fantasy baseball leagues mm-hmm. and I would like go do something else, you know? <laughs> I was like, we've been here for nine hours today, y'all. Like what? <laughs> Simultaneously, Daniel also had this feeling that he was good at something else, but he didn't just one day decide to start exploring that side more deeply. A shift happened when he was forced to stop playing baseball for a bit. He got injured, had surgery, and spent a lot of time rehabbing. This presents a critical moment in Daniel's story. I always um, sang and played, but I didn't, like, really the only times that I started working at those things were when I was injured. Uh, I had two hip surgeries when I was, like, 14. So I was probably out, um, like, 14 to you know, 16 months was probably when I was out in that whole high school, which is a lot of time mm. um, when it comes down to playing competitive sports. So now he's kind of able to cultivate and explore his musical talents. For me, it was like sitting in, uh, in, in like beds when you, you know, you have crutches and you're like, oh, I can't really do anything else. It's either like guitar hero or actual guitar, which like actually is a hilarious uh, ultimate in my face. <laughs> The surgeries, being out of action, it's this potentially discouraging and negative scenario, but Daniel shifts his focus and harnesses his energies towards this other pursuit. For Daniel, this time, the separation of the two activities via injury became important as he contemplated the tail end of high school and next steps. So then I just kind of got good on the off um, season. And I was, I think I was really lucky in the sense that when I kind of, when I was thinking about college and I was thinking about all those, the different possibilities that come from 
being a, a baseball player, especially at such a highly competitive team that, you know, ended up winning a national championship the year that I uh, was the year that I stopped playing. So, you know, you have all these options and then you kind of have to, you know, you're deciding between the two. And I'm glad that I had those times separated because or else it would have been something that was like always secondary. And I think having time off of baseball made me realize this is something I could actually do. And I was lucky enough to have another skill that I could quickly adapt to and, and go to college for. It's right around that time in high school, getting to that phase of being an older teenager where you're really starting to see what your niche is, what makes you feel good, what's actually worth your time. And then you end up, you know, you play with guys like Lucas Giolito and Jack Flaherty and Max Fried, who are all obviously in the MLB, and you see what a 100-mile-per-hour fastball looks like, and you're like, man, my, my vocal cords are starting to warm up real quick when I, you know? You're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is a good test of, of my, my professional level of baseball. His musical identity is really starting to take shape and flex its muscles, to use a jock term, heading into his senior year at Harvard-Westlake. In the fall, he does this cover of Disclosure's Latch, And, I mean, I don't care what gender you are, who you are, it makes nearly everyone faint upon viewing it. someone records it it's released on facebook and this isn't like the first time daniel's singing in front of an audience but it is this major moment in which his talents are showcased to the public and it gets a significant amount of attention he also joins the school musical at this time while still technically being on the baseball team it really starts to become clear that daniel's at this crossroads the musical was in the fall and the season was in the spring. I think after the musical, it just ended up coming down to like, okay, now I'm really applying to all these different things. And I, I, it just didn't really make sense at that point for me to go back to a sport, basically for the, for the sake of doing it. And I think that, that that's just a decision that you have to make where it's like, do you want to finish with the people that you've grown up with? Or um, do you have other things that you really need to be working on? And for me, it was really important that I spent that time practicing instruments because I was I knew at that point that I was going to college for music and really wanted to you know you, you end up competing with people who have been doing this as long as you've been doing baseball and I was new and I and I happened to be like naturally talented at it so I, I got into college but then for the, for the rest of the time I was like I need to do musicals and I need to do you know choir and all this stuff just to kind of get that knowledge base a little bit higher than where it was. It really becomes undeniable to Daniel that music is what he's going to do for the rest of his life. How do I say this? I had the feeling that I could actually be, I could actually really excel at something in my life when I ended up doing like musicals and singing and, and playing guitar. And that was something that consistently made me feel like I was doing something that was unique to the situation that I was in. Um, and that wasn't something that I was used to in baseball. So, you know, you have a feeling where you're like, oh, I could really pursue this. I could really do this. 
As listeners can kind of track, Daniel's decision to quit baseball had been brewing and come to fruition over the past year or two. Um, sometimes you just like life needs to send you some 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 reasons to, to really pull the trigger on something. I was contacted by like a bunch of like studios and, and, and NBC, like the voice shows and all that stuff. Because once they had seen like the musical, there was, you know, it's we went, you know, it's, it's a very industry ridden school. So yes. um, you end up having people who are contacting you about this and this and now you need an agent and now you need all the stuff, which like ultimately I didn't need and I didn't end up doing any of those things. But I did go on all those auditions and I did get on a lot. Of, I did get on the voice. I just didn't do it because the, it, I wouldn't have been able to take my SAT and stuff. So right. you have all these like all these other reasons where I was like, okay, now I'm kind of at that level where I'm, I'm being pursued by other professional people, which was also a different feeling. I wasn't really getting that heavily recruited because when you hear that there's a guy who's like, you know, a short outfielder who's like can hit pretty hard, but like also has had three surgeries, like your chance of like going D1 and getting scholarships is like at an all-time low. So, um, you know, all those things kind of drove me to be like, this is clearly, I'm, I'm being sent a message here that's clearly like you you are appealing to people in this, in this field. And that's when I ended up being like, okay, I'm going to quit. Now, the actual process of quitting can be a daunting one. It involves conversation with friends and with people in positions of power. You're walking away from something you've committed a lot of time to and developed a lot of relationships within. Emotions like guilt, anger, and fear can be shored up. The quitting conversation, mostly, might be conceptualized as a band-aid that needs to be ripped off, but understandably, it's not that easy. For Daniel, it was the trust and care with baseball people developed over the years that made the quitting experience an overall positive one. I think that there were a lot of people who quit baseball, especially from that program, really rashly because they weren't getting play time. But really what it was is they were really bad at communication with the coaches, you know? Like, I would consistently go up to the coach and be like, what do you see me doing this year? And there was also leverage, because it's like, what do you see me doing? Because at the same time, like, we we all care about each other here, and, like, you see that I'm good at something else. Is it worth me staying? Like, do you think that this is going to be, I'm going to get some return on on coming back here? Is this something that I should consider, you know, deeply? And, And they were honest with me as well, which is always good. His teammates supported him in the decision as they had that important friend perspective on what it seemed like Daniel was happiest doing. So when I when I decided I was doing that, like all those baseball people actually ended up gravitating toward the fact that I did music and they were really supportive mm-hmm. of that decision that I was making because they were just like, yeah, dude, we get it. Like your body's half broken and you sing well, so you should do that, <laughs> you know? In many ways, the way Daniel left baseball was ideal. But still, bro, I definitely cried. There's like a day where I was just like so upset about it. After quitting, he starts to reflect a bit on what baseball was to him. And at first it was difficult to do, or rather he struggled seeing a lot of significance and meaning in all of it. Because then you're like, man, you know, like you don't know in the moment, like what did I learn from all of this and what am I going to take away? All you think is that you're quitting, you know? Yeah. So that sometimes can be a very difficult decision because you kind of have to, you need time to reflect. And you, I needed to be able to go and work in the music industry and do all the stuff that I'm doing to be like, man, I'm so happy that I learned, you know, a regimented schedule and that I learned um, how to show up on time and just, just little things that you think are so unimportant and just were such a part of your life. And then you go into other fields and just do those things that you learned. And you're like, wow, this is really just put you at an advantage just being there on time, you know? Mm. When you quit, you're like, man, I really missed out on so many life things. Because when you're waking up at four in the morning for lifts, and then you're done at nine, and then you got homework, and then you're going to, your, you know, a national um, invitational in Florida, and then and then you know, 
you don't really the social life aspect of of all that stuff is very um is very different yeah you you know you miss out on on a lot of things and then you don't really realize that later on you like I, i can't really remember one high school party you know like maybe one so i mean at this point i'm like no it's probably a good thing that i learned uh to prioritize work over actually doing social things um most of the time so like i said i think you know when we're talking about me quitting you just you have all these emotions about it that usually don't gravitate towards man i learned a lot from this like Mm. you're not old enough to know that you know last year daniel graduated with a degree in music from usc when it comes to the artist life he's all in it, it is very cool um all the stuff that i'm working on i think that uh it's very different from what I expected. I don't think that anybody tells you anything about the music industry other than it's te- it's a terrible place to be. I think that's the only thing that I ever learned when I was growing up, especially around such industry-minded um, lawyers, attorneys, agents, managers, all those people where you don't know why they say that, <laughs> but you but you know that everybody's kind of warning you about these certain things and and saying, you know, be careful how you navigate it. And, 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 and in my experience, I think I've been really lucky in the fact that um, I just do a bunch of different jobs in the same industry. And I think that that I have a lot of friends now who are all getting their jobs and you kind of you kind of know the trajectory of what's happening. And and for me, like, I, I really like the lifestyle of literally not knowing where I'm flying to next week. Yeah, a lot of really exciting things are happening in his budding music career. He's a part of a music duo that is called Fabric. Um, I met Cooper Bell um, actually when I was studying at USC. He was in the same small program that I was at. He kind of just, we were in a couple bands together. We were doing a couple like random, random gigs in college. And then we just kind of realized that we wrote really well together, started becoming a production duo. So now we do this project. And uh, I would say that this specific genre um, is more funk pop, world pop kind of stuff. In addition to Fabric, he also does a lot of contracted work, which takes him all over the world, like he mentioned and allows him to be involved in lots of different projects. This past April, Daniel lived out one of his many dreams, performing at Coachella. You probably went to Coachella as as a Harvard Westlake student, I would imagine, right? No, I never went. Oh actually. my god. Yeah, that was my first time at Coachella. Um I just wasn't my parents didn't let me go, honestly, cuz <laughs> yeah, like you had to like miss school. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It was like I, I looking back, I was like what? My parents won't let me go to Coachella, but we were like 16 years old uh wild stuff happens there Yeah, wild stuff happens at coachella like everybody also had like a house down there for some reason like this is how that stuff works you know and then they would all like conveniently half the school would call like their parents would call them in sick and like it was just it was like everyone would get detention and like party in detention like i was just like this this is absolutely crazy But yeah, no, I hadn't, I hadn't gone before. So, um, and to be honest, I didn't really, I think when you're, when you're there, um, you know, you you get like, you know, artist passes or you get that stuff when you're there, but you don't really go into the festival that much in my experience because you're, you're still kind of going over set lists and you're still rehearsing and you never really know. Um, It's also really dusty. So as a singer, like (laughs) you can't really be walking around there for too long. Um, But it was, it was a pretty, like being there and performing there was a pretty, pretty awesome experience. And it's just, you know, um it's it's just you hear about it all the time so then being on that stage i always told myself you know i'm totally gonna do coachella you know what you say then you're like you don't really know how or when or how it's gonna happen so yeah um, and it came out of nowhere i didn't know until like a month before i was doing it i was doing it so so cool you know. not not many uh los angelinos can say the first time they went to coachella was uh performing at coachella <laughs> yeah exactly 
Even though he has made the leap from the world of the athlete to the world of the artist, Daniel has at times felt the effects of his many years grinding away at baseball. Sometimes that's not all that great of a thing. In the beginning, at least, there was all that catching up he needed to do. Another, his demeanor, his way of feeling, or rather not feeling, during tense, often emotional activity. You know, it's, it's one of those sports where, like, you fail so many times that your psyche's kind of conditioned to not be upset at anything, you know? Mm. Where it's like, you know, if you, if you hit three, if you hit a ball on the field and no one gets you out three times out of ten, like, you have a high, in your career, you have a high percentage of being in the Hall of Fame. So... Like, you have all these guys who are very, like, it's, I don't want to say closed off, but you, you have people who are very intense about, um, you know, just everything and kind of have this monotone attitude. You watch professional baseball and, like, mm-hmm. a lot of things can happen. And taught that, you know, especially because later on when cameras are rolling, you're taught to just kind of just kind of keep your cool. And, uh, and then I started going into music and then people would be like, see, like, you're technically, like, doing some pretty cool stuff but like you know you gotta you gotta be more open to to what you're singing about and like what you're writing about so i think i actually had to untrain myself the baseball or or sports personality but overall daniel is quick to praise baseball for all the values it instilled that have helped him now and when a lot of your jobs are either contracted work or self-employed stuff you could do whatever you want to on any given day and that can go really great or that could go really like bad you could be super lazy you know so i think that having uh that kind of like getting to a place where i was so regimented that it burned me out at least taught me that you got to make your own schedule for yourself and you got to have a lot of the same things happening for you regardless of what your actual work is looking like um or else you will kind of fall off the map and not really have a sense of 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 of, you know strategic planning which you need to have as a musician as well now daniel won't say he exactly misses baseball but he does have a new appreciation for it a new perspective now that the sport is in his somewhat distant past there are things he can enjoy about the game that he wasn't able to before because it was all consuming and art are usually viewed through completely different prisms They are typically comprised of very different elements, and they ask very different things of the individuals involved. But whether it's feet planted on a field or a stage, athletes and artists at their core are performers. As performers, their goals are more similar than different. They seek to find flow. When I'm singing in front of of people and in crowds, um, I think when it's right, when I'm actually writing songs or I'm singing, and whether it be for other artists or for pitches for tv shows like i think i always enjoy the process for me it's just kind of being in a room and if i know what i'm going to do on that certain day um i feel like i'm in kind of a flow state Mm -hmm. um and i think that kind of ties back into the baseball thing they both strive to attain that state of sublime mind-body connection where they are not calculating moves and thinking about details of their training where they are consumed by both the intensity and lightness that is the joy of executing their craft, doing what they love and what they are good at. You can physically see when you're in, or when you're in a flow state when you're a musician because when you're writing something, you're, you're just like blasting through a song and you're not looking at any like what rhymes with this. You know, just, just being able to be in a situation where I can write freely, it makes me feel like I'm kind of on vacation a lot of the time. Here's to all the kids beatboxing in the outfield athlete and artist in whatever way they exist inside a person for now and for the future. Thanks to Daniel Davila for coming onto the podcast and thank you for listening. 
Fabric has recently released their EP. We encourage you to check it out. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Music, and SoundCloud. We'll definitely be putting that link in our episode description. Other than that, see you next time. Mm-hmm.